being here today. We're grateful that uh, we have spent some time this morning worshiping our God, singing praises to Him, remembering our uh, Savior's sacrifice gathered around the table. Uh, we are so grateful that we can have uh, this uh, unity and to be uh, uh, brought together because of a, a great Savior. <clears throat> This morning in our Bible class, we started looking at some psalms, and through the last couple of weeks, uh, uh, been looking at the Proverbs, and so there's been some uh, correlation with some, some interesting uh, poetry and really some bullet points uh, from the book of Proverbs. And so as Sam has encouraged you to read uh, through the book of Psalms, I encourage you to read through the book of Proverbs as well and just kind of re refresh your memory with some of the things that are, that are said there. Uh, we have in our vernacular, we have an uh, idea that sticks and stones are the only thing that can break our bones. <laughs> and what's the rest of that? Well, that's a lie. That's, you know it. You, you can really hurt someone uh, with just some words that you speak. And so we have to be very careful on how we, we use uh, the power of our words. Uh, there are uh, times when words can be an encouragement, and there are times when words can really, really hurt. I find it interesting that uh, in the Chinese language, you're probably quite familiar with this, Oh, no, you're, you're not, are you? It's like, uh, when, when you look at the word execute or the, the drawing of that particular word, it has these several elements. There's the idea of words, and then there's the idea of the tree, and then there's that idea of life and dust. And it's interesting that one of the oldest languages that we know of, if or since uh, you have such a, a vast knowledge of Scripture, you start to recognize many of those. <laughs> it's like, Whoa. and the idea of execute is there's words involved. Uh, and I find that interesting uh, to, to see this ancient language. <clears throat> if you think about our, our, uh, the brother of our Lord, James chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, if we put bits into the mouths of horses that they may obey us, we guide their whole body. Look at the ship. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So the tongue is like or is a little member and boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And you think about our, the words that we use. Can they be encouraging words? We go through uh, the Scripture and we start to see that there are times when words can be very great encouragement. It is so good to see you uh, when we speak words. When Jesus saw the faith of, of those that came to Him, He said, how great is your faith. And and you think about all these different elements in the Scripture, in, in the New Testament, in the ministry of Christ, how He used words to encourage. It's fascinating to think that James, the brother of our Lord, would think about uh, this idea of, of using words. And he would say, the ship is guided by a very small rudder. Sometimes a forest can be set 
ablaze by a very small spark. There are times when our tongue can get us into trouble and it can literally and figuratively sink our ship. Well, if you will, turn with me to Proverbs uh, chapter 26. We're going to look at some things that are found uh, that uh, some five different ways our tongue can get us in trouble. In Proverbs chapter 26, verse 22, the words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels, and they go down into the innermost part of the body. And you think about uh, this word whisperer. Uh, maybe a version would say the, uh, there's nothing as delicious as the taste of gossip. It melts in your mouth. It's like, did you hear? Let me whisper in your ear. There was a commercial when I was a kid, a long time ago. <laughs> you want to capture someone's attention, what do you do? Whisper. I want to whisper. All of a sudden, like, what? That's that idea of gossip, and it, it can get us in trouble. And this idea that there's nothing so delicious as the taste of gossip, there's nothing more, it seems like we love a good gossip. And it's, it's a matter of control to know the secrets of others. And then we can pass those on and, and possibly hurt them with our words. Be very careful with the whisperer. Be very careful. This matter of control to know the secrets of others. In Proverbs chapter 16, turn back a few pages. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28. <clears throat> Proverbs 16, 28 says, A perverse man spreads strife, and a slanderer separates intimate friends. This idea of gossip separating the best of friends. The proverb writer would say, keep your mouth closed and you'll stay out of trouble. See, this is, I need this lesson. And I figure if I need this lesson, you might need this lesson. Just say it. And we have to be careful with the words that we say. And gossip is one of those things when we begin to whisper the secrets of others and we, we spread uh, that message, it can be very damaging. Another problem where we can get into pro or trouble with our tongue and with, with the words that we speak is lying. We got any liars in the audience this morning? Anybody? Liar! <laughs> Everybody's like, Yeah. We have, haven't we? And why do we do that? And we think about this idea of lying. God would say, there are six things, the proverb writer, God through the proverb writer, he'd say, there are six things which the Lord hates, seven which are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes is the first one, and a lying tongue is the second one. A lying tongue. God can't stomach liars. He loves the companies of those who keep their word. It's pervaded our very culture. We are, we are taught to lie. Well, you certainly don't want to hurt 
their feelings. So, a little white lie. Hmm. To protect ourselves, we use lying. To protect our family, to protect others, maybe to get ahead. In Proverbs 16, while we're right there, look down at verse 30. He who winks his eye does so to devise perverse things. He who compresses his lips brings evil to pass. And you look at this idea of having the power to lie. Bread gained by deceit is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be full of gravel. The proverb writer continues to give us this idea, and God throughout Scripture has told us, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking lies. That little old story that we used to tell about the the boy that cried wolf. And everyone would respond the first time and everyone would panic. And the second time, a few people would respond and a few people would panic. And then the third time, no one responded. No one panicked. But there was a wolf. (laughs) And you see, that can really cause some damage. And of course, as you think through your life and you think about this idea of, of lying and when it's hurt you, this false witness, he will not go unpunished. God says through this writer, he says, there are seven things that I find to be an abomination. Number two, a lying tongue. Be careful. Little lips what you say. A third problem that we can find when we misuse our words. Look over at Proverbs chapter 25, just a few pages over. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 23. <clears throat> as surely as rain blows in from the north, anger is caused uh, by cruel words. And you think about this idea of slander. When you speak falsely about someone and try to damage their reputation and you use words for abuse. And generally speaking, it's those that we know very well. And we can use these words because we know them so well. And we know what will hurt, what will trigger, what will trigger a response. And we're, we're very, uh, it's very easy to be slanderous. No one really wants anyone to talk about them in a negative way. Nobody likes insults. And that idea of sticks and stones may break my bones, that's just wrong. Because words can hurt. And especially when we know someone so well and we, we use that knowledge against them. And this idea of the words that we're using falsely, again, going back to lying, we can get in trouble with the tongue, even though it's such a small member of our body. You think about this idea of having uh, bullies in school and... Uh, you know, have all the trouble that that brings. And it's like, 
what's happened to our society? It's like, well, we haven't taught the power of the tongue. We haven't taught, we haven't used the Scripture to, dis- to display God's dissatisfaction and His, He doesn't enjoy, He will not tolerate our use of slander. Sticks and stones can break my bones and words can harm me. Whoever wants to enjoy life and have happy days must no longer speak evil and must stop telling lies. Jesus would say, blessed are the poor in spirit. You want to make, you want to make it in life? You want to be successful? You want to have lots of friends? <clears throat> well, sometimes it becomes difficult because when we speak truth, it can be offensive. And so then we're knee-jerk reaction, and we, we think about, well, I, I, I can't say that because it might hurt their feelings, and I can't say that. But it's like, wait, truth needs to be spoken, and we need to take people back to the truth. And Jesus says, never do it in a hurtful way. Never do it in a harsh way. Even though your voice shakes, speak truth. Well, often we can get in trouble another way with our tongue by using uh, flattery. <clears throat> and the idea of flattery is this compliment that's not sincere. It's again, it's a lie. <laughs> and we use it incorrectly. But in this case, take a compliment and sometimes we have to look at this idea of, of looking at all for all the good in another person and trying to Make sure that they understand that you are aware of it. We're so grateful for uh, Mike and Jennifer Fallis and inviting us up to their cabins up there in the mountains. And it's uh, quite a little driveway to their place. (laughs) And if you've been there, it's like, whoa. Anyway, thank you so much. And it's, it's such a wonderful time experience together where we can enjoy each other's company. And it does help to flatter someone positively sincerely but this idea of to compliment insincerely the proverb writer would say there in Proverbs 26 look at verse 23 Proverbs 26 verse 23 like an earthen vessel overlaid with silver dross are burning lips and a wicked heart the living translation puts it this way it says pretty words may hide a wicked heart just as a pretty glaze covers a common pot we have to be careful with our words in the end people appreciate frankness more than flattery because it's quite often a trap And there's a final way the proverb writer gives us where we have to be careful with our speech. Turn back to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 2 describes the contrast between the upright and the wicked. And notice what it says in verse 2. A fool does not delight in understanding but only in revealing his own mind. The RSV would say a fool takes no pleasure in understanding but only in expressing his opinion. 
And if you want to start an argument, <clears throat> right? Just express your opinion and wait. It's coming. And then you'll be in an argument. Oh, yes. And then you have to win the argument by all means necessary. But a fool takes no pleasure in understanding. A couple was driving down a country road, and there was an eerie silence in the vehicle. An earlier discussion had led to an argument between this couple and neither wanted to concede their position. And as they passed a barnyard of, of mules and pigs, the husband sarcastically asked, Relatives of yours? And she said, Yes, in-laws. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Yeah, arguments can lead to problems. Just express your opinion one time. See what happens. Seems like it's getting worse and worse. <clears throat> the start of a quarrel is like a leak in a dam. This isn't going to end well. <laughs> this may be designed that way, I'm not sure. But I saw this picture, I'm like, whoa, that looks like I couldn't get my thumb in that little hole. <laughs> just to hold it back just for a little while while everybody uh, retreats. But the quarrel, the start of a quarrel is like a leak in a dam, and it can burst. A fool gets into constant fights. His mouth is his undoing. His words endanger him. Whoever wants to embrace life and see the day fill up with good, here's what you do. Say nothing evil or hurtful. Snub evil and cultivate good. Run after peace for all your worth. Soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You see, there are several ways, and these are just five that I found here. And, but I thought, well, let's, let's end on a positive note. There are, there are many things we can do with our speech that is positive. My grandma used to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, say nothing. <laughs> and I guess she stole it from Mark Twain, but uh, if you have nothing nice to say, just keep it quiet. Don't say anything. And sometimes that's our best defense, and it's like sometimes uh, I'm, I'm going to be careful not to sin by what I say, and I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut when, when evil people are near. Say nothing. Sometimes that's the most successful use of our tongue. My grandma also used to say, it's better to be thought a fool then open your mouth and remove all doubt. Sometimes it's like, go grab my head. It's like, and she was this short little woman, and little, we always thought she was so nice, and she'd say, like, grandma. Yeah. Sometimes it's best not to say anything. And, of course, when James would continue his, his discussion there in James chapter 3, he's, after he says the tongue is like a fire, and it, in a world of wrong, we use it to give thanks to our Lord and Father. We use it to curse our fellow man. We're, we're created in the likeness of God. Words of thanksgiving and cursing pour from the same mouth. He says, don't let that happen. Be thankful. And be thankful that we have this ability to communicate. And God has 
always used words. And it's interesting to think about how God has used words. And sometimes they're very frank, and sometimes they're very forceful, and sometimes they're very damning. And sometimes he says, I will not tolerate that. But then there are other times. And we should be so thankful that God communicated his will to us. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to stumble through life saying, I wonder if this is pleasing to God. I wonder if he'll be upset with this. I wonder if he'll, he'll like this because he's given us the information we need. He says, I've written it all down. And there's been other people, people in our recent past that have taken the very words of God and then translated them into our language. What a blessing that is. How many of us would take the effort or make the effort to, to learn Hebrew? Hebrew, there's no vowels. You want to buy a vowel? There's no vowels in Hebrew. You've got to sort of make them up as you go. It's like, and it's a difficult language. It goes from, from right to left, from the bottom to the top. But it's like, would you take the effort? Would you make the effort? Somebody did and translated the Old Testament in English and in, in several versions. I was reading several this morning. What a blessing that is. Words can have this powerful impact in our life, and God has made the effort and taken the time to get this information into our hearts and minds, and He does it with words. Tongue, such a beautiful blessing. Encourage one another and build one another up. It can be done. You can do this. And you do this quite often. It is such a, a blessing to be a part of a family of God that, that loves each other so much. We, we go up into the mountains. We spend time together. We sit around on this deck and we, we cook hot dogs and hamburgers and we laugh and we, we enjoy each other's company. And all the time we're using words. It's impressive. What a blessing. And when Paul writes to those saints in Thessalonica, he says, encourage one another. Build one another up. And you see, there can be successful use of our tongue. Now, this hasn't been a come-to-Jesus lesson, but he's behind all of it. Remember, John would write in the very first verse of, of John chapter 1, he would say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word? <laughs> yes. Jesus has used words. And Jesus wants to convey a message to you. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me. I'll give you rest. I'll... I'll I'll teach you. I'll admonish you. I'll discipline you. I'll, I'll bring you along. And he later would say, follow me. I want to build you up. I want to encourage you this morning to look to the words of the Scripture. Look to the word of the Scripture. 
Jesus wants you with him. You have an option. Jesus, Satan. (laughs) Pretty much that's it. What an option. And you get to choose. And your destiny, it'll be dependent upon your choice. And you're not going to slip and accidentally land in hell. You're not going to be all of a sudden there and go, how did I get here? It's a choice. And it's the same with heaven. You're not going to stumble into heaven, fall down on the golden streets and go, how did I get here? It's a choice. It's a choice you make. And it's based on the Word of God. There's those words again. They can make or break you. Jesus says, I want you with me. And it's your choice. Make a good choice this morning as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.